real estate agents face a unique challenge in deciding where to hang their shingle. Do you join a franchise for the brand recognition and resources? Do you opt for an indie brokerage with more flexibility and local authority? Or do you strike out on your own and start a new business? As it happens, Lindsay Reichman has done all three. Lindsay has worn a lot of hats in the real estate business. After years of working closely with consumers, first as an agent, then as a broker owner, Lindsay sold his company to Compass, stepping out of day-to-day -day operations and into a management role. Today, he's back in the saddle with a new sales team and a renewed focus on helping agents provide better service to their clients. In this interview, Lindsay Reichman discusses the process of reinventing his brand for a new venture and offers up some words of caution and advice for brand new agents. This is Melissa Boucher from Windermere Real Estate in Seattle, Washington. I'm Lee Adkins from Amplified Solutions in Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, this is Lindsay Reichman of the Reichman Group. I'm with Compass in Washington, D.C., and you're listening to the Marketing Genius Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Genius Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes with the most brilliant real estate professionals and brands to uncover the latest digital marketing tools and tricks for your online arsenal. Now, here are your hosts, Seth Price and Matt Barbet. Lindsay Reichman, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to chat with us. I'm super excited to have you here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So we did a case study on you back in early 2015, and clearly a lot has happened since then. Uh, what have you been up to in the last couple of years? Yes, uh, a lot has happened. At that time, I was the owner of my boutique real estate brokerage in Washington, D.C., named Lindsay Reichman Real Estate. And yep. then at the end of 2014, I sold that company to Compass, uh, which is how Compass entered the Washington, D.C. market. And then I helped to transition Compass uh, for a while and was part of that management team. And about a year ago, I uh, stepped out of that capacity and went back into sales. And so I've started my own sales group back up again under the Compass umbrella. Um, so it's been a lot going on. Since, wow. So. You've worn a lot of hats. Like, so one, what, and this may be a silly question, but what made you decide to sell the brokerage to Compass? Like, why does, why does someone who has a functioning business that ideally throws off some cash, why does one do that? You know, it was a couple things. I think I hadn't intended to sell it, frankly, but when I met with the team at Compass, I was really excited about what Compass was doing and felt like basically it, the brokerage that I was running would be better, bigger, and we'd get there faster in Washington as Compass than we than I could do on my own. And so yeah. to have an opportunity to be a part of that, and uh, it, it just seemed seemed like a great thing. And you know, as a result of it, I also was allowed to sort of return to my roots in sales, which was a good end game for me. So it gave yeah. me a bit of a opportunity to transition back to the parts of the business that I was most passionate about. That's awesome. Um, what, so they've grown like crazy and I've met some of the team and I think, you know, when I think everyone's doing great work there. Um, I'm really curious from your perspective, what do you think contributes to their success? Because there's certainly a lot of 
there's a lot of brokerages out there, a lot of franchises out there and a lot of different models, but they came in and they're, they're doing something a little bit different. What, what's that to you? You know, I, this was part of what also made sense to me about why I felt good about selling my brokerage to compass was because we had a similar philosophy that essentially we wanted to help agents provide an exceptional client experience to the consumer and that the brokerage could be more involved in that process. And so Mm -hmm. I think compass uh, has done a very good job of finding ways to help agents and to provide a platform for really talented agents to better service their clients. And I think a lot of times people think of the technology, but I think generally it's just, to me, it's the innovation and the resources that are at our disposal uh, are very attractive. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the deal with venture back companies can, can do lots of, we'll call it R and D and investment in areas that don't necessarily have immediate ROI, but then can have long-term impact um, across the board. Right. Um, So, a big part of building any real estate concern is brand or, you know, really any brand uh, mm-hmm. is understanding who your audience is. What was that process like for you? Like, how have you tailored your marketing to reach the right people for you? Well, you know, I mean, this has been I'm, I've had a unique career path. I guess everybody does. But for me, this has been one of the exciting things is basically when I was helping Compass to grow in in Washington, I really stopped selling real estate during that time. It was just it was too much to try to uh, recruit and manage and so forth and sell. So uh, I think of this as now my my 2.0 sales career where I've had a chance to start back and recreate a new brand again, having seen and experienced a lot since I first got into real estate. So it's been fun to, to start back over in that respect. And, um, so when I went through this, I really thought about, okay, well, you know, why should anyone hire me to help them sell their property or, you know, versus anybody else? And so what makes me unique? How am I really different? And, and partially that's aspirational and partially I think I've got experience at this point that I can use to differentiate myself. And so that's that's where I started was to really think about a very simple question, which is why should anyone work with me versus all these other great agents who exist? And how can I help to clarify that message and make sure that it's it's out there in a way that people will understand and that that and hopefully draw people in? And was that a like in it, like a solo introspective moment or is this something you you spend a bunch of time sort of mapping out like what that looked like and how to manifest it i would say the latter and it was almost like it was i would say it was a result of my experience i mean I, i guess when i started my brokerage i had this vision of how can a brokerage help consumers have a better experience and so that's I was going down this path and then I was advising lots of agents on how to grow their teams and how to brand themselves. And I got a chance to see people do that successfully and then other people struggle with it. And basically my thinking around it evolved. And so this was this really fun opportunity to take all of these things that I've thought and seen and experienced and say, okay, how do I, how do I do it now? And I, I, it was actually, I had a pretty clear vision for what I wanted this to look like and feel like and be like this go around. So that was, yeah. that was fun. 
It seems like, um, did you learn this in your real estate education or is this part of just, you know, learning by trial and error? Well, I, I guess I think of the two as the same. What do you mean when you say real, know, my real estate like education? For, for, <laughs> formalized education, like licensing and, and continuing ed. No, no, for sure. Okay. Not that. I, I mean, the experience that I have in the field is where I feel like I've gained the most uh, value in thinking about how to, um, how to grow a business and run my business. And, and of course I've also, I've enjoyed going to Inman in the past and going to conferences and learning from other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell us about your approach to agent technology. Like how do you determine which tools to implement for your team, what to lean into, what to invest in as far as education? Like how, how do you work through that? Um, so I, I tend to be, frankly, a bit of a late adopter on technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I usually I usually wait until I feel like I've got a problem. And then if I have a problem, I try to find solutions. And oftentimes those result in implementation of a technology. Yeah. Um, I love that, pretty, by the way. It's a pretty simplistic answer, but I, I do think no, it's, it's actually, I mean, you say it's simplistic, but it's like design, like really good design is simple. It is the clearest path to choosing something, which is you have a problem and you have an objective and then what's going to be the right fit as opposed to choosing the shiny and going, how can I use this? <laughs> you right. Know, how can I insert this into some system that's already working? Uh, right. I mean, that, you know, there's so much, there's so many options out there right now. There's yeah. so many things that you can do that I do think that that can be a tricky path and it can take you down a path where you're trying to utilize all these different technologies versus trying to focus on improving your business. Um, yeah. So I want to ask you about mobile tech. Um, you know, when we were working on our mobile app, which we released not long ago, we found that a lot of brokerages didn't seem to give a lot of thought into how to build relationships with leads and, and clients via their smartphone. How are you leveraging mobile in your business? Um, are you doing SMS stuff or any sort of, you know, sort of auto responders with SMS or that, that kind of communication? Not, no, not yet. I mean, we are, again, sort of rebuilding here. And I guess as I think about that sort of – as I think about technology in that regard, I think everything's mobile now. And so anything that we're doing is – I'm looking at it on an iPhone or on an iPad as much as I am on a computer screen because I think it's all got to be seamless and work across platforms at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm not, we're not targeting anything that's really specific on, you know, being mobile, except just making sure that it works across platforms. Yeah. Okay. That makes complete sense. You know, it seems like there's never a one size fits all tool or strategy for marketing. Um, but what's something that you tried that just hadn't paid off for you? That has not paid off? Yeah. You know, I, what for me, what has worked 
and this was a result of things not working, um, that I started to look through a lens with marketing of basically, am I adding value for the consumer? Mm. Because I, I felt like I was spending marketing dollars that some of it maybe worked, some of it didn't, but I didn't mm-hmm. feel good about it because I didn't really know what was beneficial and what wasn't. And so I, that became a useful way to think about it for me with a finite budget for marketing. I, I started thinking, well, you know, if it doesn't add value for the people that I'm trying to work with, then I'll just skip it. And yeah. and so that worked really well for me because then it, anytime I thought about, well, should I spend money on X, Y, or Z? I thought, well, does it add value? And if it did, I would do it. And if it did not, I wouldn't. Um, so that's been good. That's great. Um, I like that. You know, we call it a, a heuristic, like this this lens in which you make uh, decisions on, which allows you to to streamline your process. Um, mm-hmm. So you have been in both, I'll say, management and sort of leadership, and in day to day production. Um, when you put on your broker's hat. How do you think brokers can be most helpful to their to their teams to the for, to the agents in the field? Like, how can they create the most value to those folks that are you know in their organization that they're trying to help have higher yeah. production and succeed? That's a really good question. It's um, I think it depends a little bit on the scale, mm-hmm. and so with my boutique brokerage and part of what I've started to recreate within my group is assistance in the daily operations of the business. And so, you know, having contract to close team, having a listings team, having processes that ensure that all of our clients that we work with have a really uh, amazing experience, I think is a wonderful thing to provide agents. The more that agents can focus on being experts in the their discipline and you know, our, you know, knowing the contract, knowing the inventory, um, finding out about properties before they come to the market, you know, doing things that the consumer wants an agent to do. The, the more you're able to provide those things for agents, I think the more valuable you're becoming. Um, yeah. But one challenge with that is scale. And I think that, you know, for larger brokerages, you have you, you can't be as much in that operational space. And I think then yeah. you're just trying to provide a landscape, um, you know, providing a great culture, providing a, a brand platform that agents can build from, providing resources that are scalable, that, um, that can help agents uh, run their businesses better. So I, I think it just depends on where you fall on that spectrum, exactly how you tackle that question. And then on the flip side, if if let's say your best friend decided that they were going to, you know, start in real estate, how would mm-hmm. you how would you direct them on where to choose to land? Like, what advice would you give them? You know, I talk to a lot of people when they're getting into the business, and I always say to think about uh, two things predominantly. So, where are you going to get your business for the first year? Um, because in my experience, the people who, my friends, family, people, you know, things like that, I thought maybe I would get business from that. And that did not prove to be true because those people (laughs) knew that I was new in the business. Um, (laughs) uh, so I, I always encourage people to think about the fact they might have a similar experience. And so, 
somebody who can generate leads and a and business opportunities, I think if you can position yourself with with that, that's a huge benefit. And then where are you going to learn the most? Who's going to mentor you? And I think usually if you really look at the incentives that exist, you know, to make sure that because a lot of times I think people can promise that and not with bad intentions, but it's just the question is, is it truly in the best interest of the the person who you're considering working with to help mentor you? And if it yeah. is, then I think that can be a really great environment to start your career in. Yeah, that's great. It's, when you were starting out, did you have someone that was your mentor? I did. I did. I was fortunate that I... Um, it was a, a boutique brokerage and he was active with small developers, um, which was a, a niche that interested me quite a bit. And uh -huh. so I got, I got to learn a lot about development from him. Um, I also got a lot of leads and business from him. And so it was a great environment that I feel, I, I don't know if I was lucky to get into, or maybe I noticed something that led me that direction, but it was fortunate I'd say in retrospect. That's awesome. Um, when you're not doing what you do to build businesses, um, where do you look for inspiration? Oh gosh, I don't know. I, I, I have four young children now, so they occupy. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so my family life occupies a great deal of my time and I guess provides inspiration and motivation, uh, though at times also, um, takes some, some responsibility, but, uh, and then I, I love, um, I mean, I do love business. I love reading books about how people find meaning in business, how people create companies that have value. And so I, I guess I'm, I'm not answering your question totally, but I guess I do feel that to me, you can create a meaningful environment at work and that that's a interesting endeavor to me. Yeah, so I'm I'm addicted to tell you the truth. Uh, it's the best. It's the best game in town. Um, Lindsay, what's the best way for folks to find out more about you? Uh, our website, reichmangroup.com, and then we have a relatively active social media campaign around that. But uh, we've got some good information there about our group now. That's great. That's r e i s h m a n group.com. Um, Yes. You are listening to the Marketing Genius Podcast. I'm Seth Price, your host. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. Tell us what you're challenged with, with marketing, with sales, with running your business, because it, it influences who I bring on the show and the questions that I ask. Um, Lindsay, so happy that you took the time to, to chat with us, and I really appreciate it. I hope you have a great, great week. Absolutely, Seth. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Genius Podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to write us a review on the iTunes store. For our full episode archive and access to exclusive bonus content, visit us online at playster.com slash podcast. If you have feedback about Marketing Genius or want to suggest topics and guests for future shows, drop us a line at podcast at playster.com. Don't settle for mediocre marketing. Become a marketing genius and start growing your real estate business online. The 
Marketing Genius Podcast is brought to you by Playster, the digital marketing platform for real estate professionals, brands, and organizations of all kinds. With beautiful websites, lead management tools, marketing automation, and an academy featuring the latest tools and tips, Playster offers real estate professionals everything they need to succeed online. Learn more at Playster.com.